You're listening to the Short Shift Podcast, proud member of the Black and Gold Podcast Network. You can support the show by leaving a comment and five-star rating on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Player FM, Google Podcasts, or any of your favorite podcast platforms. Cynically acclaimed, incredibly online. And now your hosts, Thomas Nystrom, Andrew Johnson, and Ian Bonner. Enjoy the show. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back for another episode of Off-Season Short Shift Podcast. This is going to be the fourth one for August. We haven't really missed too much of a beat, man. We've done a a good chunk of hours for the summer. I'm pretty happy about it. And we are just about a month shy of some preseason games that we can start to break down. So we're in the thick of it, but man, we're we're chugging along. How are you guys feeling tonight? It's... I miss hockey, man. I mean, I'm excited <laughs> to talk and, and be here and do this. But I miss hockey so much. And a lot of the stuff on the offseason is starting to grind. It's I'm feeling the grind this week. Oh, we'll get to that, Ian. <laughs> yeah, I'm about in the same boat as Ian is. But we've been doing pretty well with the offseason, considering there's been kind of a dearth of content. We've been able to kind of make our own, which has been yeah. really nice and really good. But uh, there was there was there was some news this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. tough news and good news. There's tough news and good news. Yeah, let's let's start with the tough. Yeah, um, Jimmy Hayes, former Boston Bruin, um, passed away um, at 31 years old. He was a guy who was in our sphere, in our local sphere, someone who was extremely important to. The hockey world, our hockey world, our hockey influ- sphere of influence. Lived his dream playing with the Bruins. And, you know, his time was what it was here, but he did something that not a lot of local kids get to do. And that's Don the Spoke to be. And that would be that, that that's something no one could ever take away from him. Another thing that nobody could, another thing that nobody could take away from him is the fact that, you know, something that I've noticed in the last 48 hours is just with this off season of Evander Canes and Logan Mayhews, just this genuine, real raw outpouring of love and respect. And all of these stories of what he meant to so many people, he's it, just listening to all of these stories he was one of the good guys in a sport that, let's face it, if this offseason, if there's anything to be gleaned from this offseason, he was one of the good guys in a sport that desperately needs good people, which is both heartening and heartbreaking considering the circumstances. So RIP Jimmy Hayes, one of the true good men in this sport. Yeah. Genuinely, genuinely surprised because it's those people who do the usual, uh, I'll say the right thing, I'll say the nice thing about the guy. No, genuine is the right word for all of this. The outpouring of love for Jimmy, just incredible. Um, you love to see that. Obviously, it's not a, not a great situation, but you love to see 
people come together and really celebrate someone's life. And I really do feel like a lot of people have celebrated his life as short as it was. It's 31, man. Like, yeah, it's brutal. The only, the only thing I want to share is actually uh, somebody tweeted, his name's Jamie Walsh. Uh, and I saw this and I thought he summed it up perfectly. Dorchester saw thousands of kids over 40 years go through the Neponset rink. Many played in college in D1, some in Europe, some in the coast. A few made it to the I or AHL. Three went to the NHL, two from one family. Only one played for the Bruins, a dream of every one of us. RIP Jimmy. To put it in perspective of what this kid meant to Massachusetts hockey, the kid lived every Massachusetts kid's dream. The fact that you're just seeing all of these players come out with these big st- everybody has a story about jimmy hayes mm-hmm. everyone who was his teammate or lived in his general vicinity or was in his general vicinity for five minutes had a story about jimmy hayes and i think that's what makes it the saddest of all is that this offseason has been filled with shit heels let's be completely real shit heels and scumbags and just a lot of a lot of that a lot of negativity. A lot of negativity. And, you know, light's a little dimmer today. Yeah. It's just all there is to it. Yeah. All right. So, Ian, you can uh, segue and take the lead on the Savard thing. Yeah. So, on the other end, the good news from this week uh, is Mark Savard, Atlanta Thrasher's legend. Uh, <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> no, excuse me. Calgary Flames and New York Rangers legend. Get it straight. Uh, <laughs> Mark Savard. See, we brought it right back. We got the energy back. There we go. Uh, Mark Savard <laughs> has been named the head coach of the Windsor Spitfires of the OHL. I think this is really exciting news for him personally. And I think this fan base, specifically Boston, any win for Mark Savard feels like a win for all of us. Yeah. I am super in on him rocking this head coaching job. I know he wants to get back to the NHL. He spent a year as an assistant coach over at St. Louis directly after something terrible happened. Then when <laughs> uh, <laughs> So he spent a year as an assistant coach over there. Now he's going to get some head coaching experience in the OHL, a, a league that he is a legend in by the way. Yeah. Uh, he is a champion over there. I think he was the, uh, the top scorer twice for that league. Great career in the OHL for him. Obviously he moved on to the NHL. This is a huge win and I'm really excited about it for him. I hope that it continues into him getting more NHL looks as a coach just seems like a stand-up guy through and through. And you want to see him with an NHL team just because of the way his career was cut short that's a, that's another one of those situations where it was so devastating at the time. And I think the league did right by him for the most part. And the team did right by him finishing the contract and doing everything they could to support him. And that, I mean, I don't know any Penguins fans who have ever defended that hit to my face, the Matt yeah. Cook hit. I think that we've all are familiar. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just love to see him continuing to have a hockey career in yeah. any facet. Yep. Well, cause there was that period of time, like after that hit that he was going through stuff, you know what I mean? Like it affected him on a personal level and he slowly bounced back, but it's, he's been very clear about hockey's in his blood and that's his passion. And, uh, I will say like the Spitfires are about to have the 
most perfectly taped sticks in the entire <laughs> OHL. I fucking love that he does that because that's like that's like the gear nerd in me that just loves looking at stuff like that. And he's actually commented uh, commented back twice when I've tagged him in in like knob stuff mm-hmm. or, or or blade blade tape jobs and stuff like that. Boosie knows from Dump and Change. Knob. I mean, he uh, <laughs> he loves the fans. That's a great point too. Yeah. He's always been. He's a guy who applies this stuff when he can. He's accessible. Uh, He's accessible. And you're right. There was a few years. I think it was about four years after that second concussion, or really, I think it was the sixth concussion of his career. That that we know of, yeah. That is sixth documented concussion. Yes. There was about a four-year span where it was kind of darkroom stuff. He did Mm -hmm. not get to do a lot. And, I mean, you'd see him every now and again, but you really wondered, Jesus, was this worth it? And I love to see him getting back into it because if you asked him, he'd so he'd say, "Yeah, I think that was worth it." Anybody, if we have any younger fans that are listening, do yourself a favor and look. Oh my god, that was ten years ago. That's right, that was ten years ago. Do yourself a favor and look up the piece that he wrote for the Players Tribune five years ago about what happened, about the aftermath of everything. Yep, you will have a all new appreciation for the man especially yeah. considering this news. The thing that makes this so inspiring for me is that this was somebody who had his hockey life ripped away from him and not all, and he got up and he fucking ripped it back. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Savvy. Yep. I, that I've got nothing else to say except that the guy was a wizard on the ice. He could, he, he could see passing lanes. No one else could. And off the ice, he's an accessible, good dude who has worked so hard to get to where he is. And it's getting a head coaching gig in the juniors is fucking huge. I can't, I, the Spitfires gained a fan. I'm going to be, I'm going to be watching them. I'm going to be watching quite a bit of them this year. Yeah. And taking back something that has been taken from you. Nothing is more inspiring than that to me. Yeah. Yeah, oh, man. I just any win for him. Like I said, any win for him is a win for fucking everybody. Just yes. correct. Love to see that guy happy and thriving. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I do hope that this goes really well for him. And who knows? Maybe someday down the road, the the Bruins have another assistant coach job open or whatever it takes. I don't know. Let's see how it goes. But just to know that he's he's living his best life after everything. Fuck yeah. Yep. So there you go. You got you got sad news and you got happy news. See, mm-hmm. try to keep it keep it. What, we, what we, other we've had, an episode, we've had an episode about good people yeah. here. Yeah, so yeah. that's exactly yeah. it. So let's let's go with a different emotion then. <laughs> Anger. Oh, Anger. Yes. yes. <laughs> oh my god. So we have the itinerary up, and number three on the list here is Thomas Rant, and um, hook it to my veins. Let's go. Boys, the continuation or unearthing of speculation around Jake DeBrusque getting traded before the season starts pissing me the fuck off. The off season, tell us why. <laughs> yeah, the off season's at a lull. I get it, but do we really need to repackage these things like new ideas over and fucking over again? This is now the third time this rumor has been unearthed. Yep. Yep. Nothing has changed. Nothing. Mm-hmm. The Edmonton Oilers are interested in Jake DeBrus. Yeah, I'm interested in a fucking lifetime supply of chocolate. That's not going to fucking happen. <laughs> it's the same people screaming for the Bruins to trade him away because he sucks. 
they're they're the same people asking for a two C in return. If he sucks, where are we getting this fucking value from, dude? Yeah. There's no question his his value took a hit last year. The chance his value took a hit last year. And his qualifying offer next year is four point eight five million dollars. Yeah. I got I, I have a little bit of a of a news flash for for Bruins fans. No one's gonna take that. No, the chance to no. sell high is gone. I can promise you that whoever we traded DeBrusque for in this world, wait, I mean, I'm, we're, none of us are ruling out a trade. It's not impossible to happen. The problem <laughs> is we're repeating the same thing over and over. The Oilers are interested. The Oilers are interested. Whoever we traded Jake DeBrusque for, you would hate. You would get him in here. You'd be so excited about it, and he'd be just as inconsistent because the only player we're getting for Jake DeBrusque right now is another form of Jake DeBrusque. Yeah. Right? Like it or not, the best chance of deriving value out of him right now is to keep him in this uniform. Let him make value for you. Yep. Yep. I'm so excited for this year. I really, I'm pumped about it and I'm pissed about it that we keep seeing this bullshit. And I'm so sick of seeing in red breaking news. Yeah. Here's something from two months ago. The Tuka Rask thing. I, I don't want to completely divert us off the DeBrusque stuff, but let me, let me finish the DeBrusque thing. For oh, you, you do it. You do it. Because one of the things, one of the things I also noticed is the idea of trading him and packaging him with a draft pick. Are this, they're the same people fucking complaining that our prospect pool was dog shit. So you can't it's you can't play both sides of the fucking coin. I feel like there's a segment of the fan base that only pushes for certain things to happen because it gives them something to read about or bitch about, like genuinely. And you know what? That's fine because that's part of what this podcast is. We just get angry. We bitch about shit. But I feel like it's been my job mostly on this podcast to complain about the fans more than the fucking team. <laughs> uh, you, you, like, well, you know, well, I mean, if, if you weren't, you wouldn't be the cynical dad. You know, yeah. That it's, the fan base is exhausting. We've established this on so many times, like so many times we've talked about this, but DeBrusque is on this team for the foreseeable future. Any team that has value as a current, the only team he has value on as it currently stands is Boston, period. Yeah. End of story. Hey, give can me, I ask something? Give me, me Tuca. <laughs> uh, well, right before the Tuca thing, so you just said this fan base is exhausted and thought came to my mind, like every fan base of like a popular team is probably exhausting, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. If we have any Red Wings fans, any Red Wings fans who listen Hi, to this. Shout out okay. to Matt. Shout out to Matt. Uh, <laughs> can you answer me on, is your fan base just awesome? Like you guys are going through some tough times right now, but it's going according to plan. And I never see any bitching from Red Wings fans. Everyone seems super patient and be like, yeah, are playing. Woo. Are all your fans like super great? There, uh, Dom Lucision. I hope I got that right. Uh, it doesn't sound like you did, but go for it. <laughs> <laughs> Just came out with his annual 32 team front office confidence poll. Yeah, I saw that. The Red Wings were third. Yeah. Among fans, the so Bruins. There's your answer. Eight. And they were yeah. eight because the fan side of stuff was shitting on the team. <laughs> and the public perception part of it was, hey, his team's pretty good. Yeah. Every what year. Is that, who does that sound like, Ian? Thomas? Uh, I don't know where you're going with this. Tuka Rask. <laughs> Oh, oh, that's a great segue. Great. I'm so sick. <laughs> I'm sick of the Tuka Rask stuff. So Tuka Rask made a couple statements. 
recently on oh someone remind me of the show the greg hill show greg hill show greg hill yes, show. It was during the, it was during the jimmy fund uh telephone so tuca comes out and says i will be and, and i'm paraphrasing but i will be a cheap goalie for the boston bruins it's not about money boston's my home it's the only team i want to play for yada 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 he repeated exactly what he's been saying since before the offseason started I mean, you can find evidence of him saying this before last season started. The only change to what he said was he would pay play for $250,000 and a supply of Bud Light. Right. Goalies, Bud Light they're just like that. us. Good good for you. <laughs> He's cracking a cold one. Very nice. That one's for you, Tuca. But I can't tell you how many sites, not even the Greg Hill Show. I don't even think the Greg Hill Show did this. I don't think they even put breaking news in it, but I can't tell you how many people put breaking news yes. and put it up on Twitter. And I was like, is that breaking news or are you looking for clicks, motherfucker? That's all it is. Oh, it drives me insane. Like, just, you know that that's not breaking news. Look, we're we're at the point in the offseason where it's just going to be regurgitating the same shit and just putting, oh, we got a new soundbite from Tuca, or a new quote from Tuca. Let's, right. let's just put that at the front or on the headline and then just copy and paste the rest of the fucking article because... Yeah. Yeah. People are people are actually starting to read those because they're getting more excited about hockey coming. But it is lazy. Yeah, exactly. It's lazy, and I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Somebody sign a fucking PTO. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm serious. Give me yeah. something new. Yeah. Yeah, I can't. I I don't know how many conversations I can have about Brady Lyle not breaking the opening night roster. Mm-hmm. Ian, what do you think of Brady Lyle's chances of making the opening night roster? Uh, it doesn't fucking happen. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually, I am having a video where I'm going to talk about that a little bit, but it's, yeah. it's one of many things. Shameless plug, more quality Bruins fan on YouTube. Oh, like, dude. comment, and subscribe. Nailed it. I like how <laughs> he got my nailed it right, too. <laughs> I, I watch your shit, man. I love how all of this just has turned into a, a rant of all three of us. Just the offseason is grinding. It's weighing on everybody. We the offseason is getting me mad, and I'm the optimistic one. Yeah, we have so much fun on the pod. And I mean, we have our chats and everything. We're talking about everything going on. And I hope everybody out there has their group, the hockey friends that they can talk to about stuff because it makes it way easier. But we just want everything. We want to be having nights, every games every night, five or six games a night. Bring it on, please. I was watching KHL preseason hockey the other day. (laughs) That's, yep, that's Mm -hmm. on brand. Mm -hmm. Help. (laughs) Help, Help me. me. Help I, distinctly, me. I distinctly remember when I was a kid just putting like NHL 97 on mm-hmm. and having computer versus computer and then just sitting back and eating fucking state line potato chips and just watching video game hockey that I had nothing to do with. And then uh, of are, course, you, are you of me, Thomas? You at, at, a certain point, yeah, at a certain point, you got to jump in and be like, all right, I got to make sure the right team wins or whatever. Yes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad I wasn't the only person who yeah, did that. That's, that's how you got to do it, man. It helps us go by quicker. <laughs> uh, a little shout out to my boy Knuckle Puck, Alex. Uh, our season ended. We were using the. Um, it turns out we were using the Red Wings. It ended in the second round at the hands of the Washington Capitals. We got destroyed in five games. Did not <laughs> win. Uh, there might have been some beverages included in the process there, but second round Detroit. Uh, we made it to second round. I'm proud of that. That's we suck at the game so much. <laughs> NHL 22 is going to be different though. I'm telling you right now. Is it? Is it? Pre- no. Please, for the love. Of, okay. For the love of God. All right. I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to, 
bring my nerdiness to the fore here. Up until last year, I was playing NHL 2K7 on PS3 with roster edits to reflect today's rosters. I have a binder that's in storage at a storage unit in Dennis, Massachusetts right now of all of the analytics and ratings and everything <laughs> to make it as realistic as possible. You know that there's like porn on the internet and stuff, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know I have a girlfriend, right? <laughs> you know that has nothing to do with this point. <laughs> no, no, actually, I just said that and I'm like, after saying that, I'm like, I'm like, will I after this comes yeah, out? Really? <laughs> <laughs> Guys, if you wanted a, a beers with the buds kind of podcast, this is it right now. Yeah. None of these games have been different for the past decade. They have new, they had a new engine for 2016 or whatever it was, and it mm-hmm. still was the same fucking game. The yeah. blue I line did, is still broken. Gold I did sucks. purchase <laughs> and I did purchase. I did end up purchasing NHL 15 in that sort of time frame, just to sort of be like, okay, I, I should probably modernize. So I got the legacy edition of NHL 15 in it, the one with uh, Patrice Bergeron on the cover, because of course, yes, have to, and it's. Sucked. Yeah, it's so bad. It's, it's, so bad. it's actually sucked. one of the worst of the past decade. It was a mm-hmm. really bad one. Nothing made sense in that game. Uh, and I know there's a Bring lot of back the 2K will... series. That's my main point. So after I made my statement and now we're complaining about the games, there's going to be a bunch of people who play these games who are like, maybe you guys just suck at the game. <laughs> that is <laughs> also a, a possible, but two things can be true. We could suck at the game and you could also suck. Yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Yes, <laughs> we are going to get dragged for this I've, one. Boys. I've definitely been I've been waiting for probably three or four years for people to be like, oh, no, the new game that came out is perfect because then I'll actually go and buy a fucking system. Well, that like, will never happen. Yeah, I think. Well, that's the cynicism of, of hockey fans, which is understandable. But like, I just need like, give me like 45 percent of the public being like the game's pretty good. And then oh, as yeah. long it, as I mean? EA has a monopoly never on sports it, no. leagues. They will have absolutely no reason to improve the game. It's all dollar dollars, man. It's all about. It's what it's all about. When NHL, when NFL 2K5 came out, and it was one of the best football video games to ever grace a console. Don't like come at me. It's one of the best, if not the best. The very next year, the NFL, the uh, EA bought the exclusive rights, merchandising rights to the NFL, creating a monopoly. Mm-hmm. Killing the 2K franchise. Yep. I, I will say this right now. NHL 2003, and this is all nostalgia talking. This greatest sure. NHL game of my lifetime. Mm-hmm. Because uh, there was a time where games were good. Is that huh? the one with the, uh, what the fuck's his name from the Panthers? Is that the one with the uh, right. game on the cover? I think so. God, no. is it? I don't, that might have been 2004? Oh, shit. It's somewhere, in that, gonna, it's somewhere in that range. God, I'm, I am such a, a phony. That, that might honestly that. be the last one that I purchased. So that was on PlayStation 2 that I played that. And I played... It was Jerome McGinley, by the way. Oh, again, I knew that, too. Not only was it Jerome McGinley, it was Jerome McGinley in the Blasty jersey. The card... the card collection that you could do to turn on like special Easter egg superpowers, the slow-mo green screen, stack the pad saves... Everything about that game was absolute poetry. The commentators, one of them being a complete jackass, and the other one just dealing with him in the booth. Fucking was that amazing. Gary Thorne and Bill Clement? Uh, I know it was Gary Thorne. I don't. I don't remember who the other name is. Oh no, it wasn't Gary Thorne. It was Jim Houston. 
Jim Hewson? Fuck, yeah. I can't remember any of this. Guys, this is fucking 18 years ago. What do you want from me? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm Jim, Jim Houston, the guy who hates the Leafs, so I love him. <laughs> that game was amazing. I collected all the cards. I had I had a bronze, silver, and gold of every player, every Easter egg. Oh, it was great. Mm-hmm. I would like the last man standing mode. You knock everyone down and you just have a 1v1 going. It's so <laughs> fun. Ah. Yeah, we really just went off there about a lot. Guys, this was off season affects us in different ways. (laughs) This was not on the um, the the Google sheet. (laughs) It was not. (laughs) We had to sneak some happiness in there before we start talking about something else that's irritating or kind of a bummer. Oh, do we we have to? I know we have to, but do we have to? We're drinking cold ones, so we might as well throw out a cold hard truth, Mm -hmm. folks. All right, go, folks. Krejci's not coming back. Nope. He is not. I don't know why people thought he was to begin with. Oh wait, oh wait. It was it was hinted. It was hinted, or the door was left open by uh, Sweeney, I guess. But mm-hmm. yeah. uh, that that narrative kind of went and ran. But uh, yeah, like there was one other reason. Where what was the other one? People took him saying, "I'll see you guys in the garden soon." When he made his retirement statement what yeah waving the flag what yeah yep. yeah no waving the no flag. that's what that's what that was it's like yeah. he's he said we'll see you soon that means and people fucking reading the tea leaves but when you have to read the tea leaves that means you have to be able to fucking read saying he's coming back he's coming back oh my god <laughs> We're so mean to fans of the team we love. We love you guys. We, <laughs> we do, do love you. We we do love you guys. The part of loving fun. somebody is also being able to say you can do better than this. Hmm. Krejci was never coming back, and there were a lot of great points about it. The biggest one I kept seeing, outside of Krejci, legitimate being. I want my kids to grow up where I grew up. I want to play. I've dreamt for playing for that team for so long. Like mm-hmm. I've wanted to do that. People were talking about how to get him back, the waivers, all of this shit, the money all had to work out. And they kept saying that no team is going to give a two C back to the Bruins before playoffs come trade deadline. It's mm-hmm. not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I always thought that was kind of funny because we, this would be the most extreme case of boys club we've seen in a little while. <laughs> boys but, club. But at the same time, would any of us be surprised if all the other GMs were like, yeah, this is like an unwritten rule thing. Like we can't mm-hmm. claim him. He said, over tire when you could easily say, if he signed a $2.5 million contract, we move some money, $2.5 million. If I'm the Toronto Maple Leafs and I'm on schedule to probably play the Bruins the first round again, yep. and I've got 2.5 million to spend. And I'm next in the waiver them. pool. Yeah, to prevent them from having a a two C, they're struggling offensively out of their first, uh, other than the first line. Then yeah, I would spend that money all day. Right, mm-hmm. that's the point. Something but, that he yeah, something that could have done though in that situation is do the Jason Spezza. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is you yeah. say hey he'll retire regardless. They'll be like yeah, retire. We'll still pay it, but we're not giving boss that player. Mm-hmm. I have seen this league over and over be too nice to each other. I could 100% see Krejci moving through waivers with no issues. I wouldn't even be that worried about it. No. Regardless of that, he's not coming back. No. It's just no one. Happening. No one is offer sheeting Elias Peterson, so nobody is going to do that to David Krejci. I think they should lower the. Actually, this is a little. Again, we're going off on tangents, but 
Why are the offer sheets so fucking ridiculous draft capital wise? Incentivize it. Make it easier to do. Lower that cost a little bit. The team can still match the offer at Mm -hmm. any time. Like, it's not like you just lose the guy and then all of a sudden, like, that's it. No, you have a chance to match the offer. Mm -hmm. I don't get it. I do not understand why they made it. Oh, it's four first round picks if it's eight million or plus or whatever it is. Don't quote me on the exact numbers. The last offer sheet that was offered was Sebastian Sebastian Ajo to Montreal. And Don Waddell famously said, cool. He did his job. He did my job for me. Yep. But that was that was the same situation when Weber got off sheeted or offer sheeted uh and it got Paul Holmgren yeah. fired. <laughs> yeah. But it was uh from Philadelphia and all yeah. it did was just basically like, okay, you just did the negotiating for me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then all Poyle had to do was be like, Okay, yeah. I accept that. Cool. Yeah, yeah. it got it, was, it got Paul Holmgren shit canned. Yeah. Yeah. I'm okay with that still being a part of it where it's like, all right, you did the negotiating for me because if a team really wants to overpay to get that player and the other Absolutely. team just doesn't, no one's going to stop them. There. Sure. Yeah. But the problem is you have to give up way too much draft capital to offer you somebody. Mm-hmm. And the fact that four first round picks can be evolved for a high end player yeah. is not insane because of what the player would actually get in a trade, but it's insane because this is one of those things that you have used to make sure the salary cap is still functioning you gotta like these teams have to be aware that offer sheets are out there if they can't afford their players yeah i don't know do you change it because the offer because the salary cap is less functioning due to circumstances beyond the control like how do you change that is i guess my question i it's less i like that it helps with the salary cap being more of a threat i like the hard cap i know a lot of people don't i like Mm it i like the the parody of the league and everything but at the end of the day, I really just think it should be a more um, acquirable goal for a team to offer she somebody. Mm-hmm. I think the cost draft pick wise should be lower. Yeah. Quick, quick quiz. Who was the last player to change teams on an offer sheet in the NHL? I literally couldn't tell you. I could Dustin Penner. We are not. We said we're not talking <laughs> about Penner today. We said no, we're, we're not. not but that gives you. I will you say idea. one thing. And this has to stay in the podcast. <laughs> Penner is an asshole. Yep. And that's all I'll say about that. <laughs> yep. Pen, Destin Penner is an asshole. Yes. Yeah, uh, but but that gives you an idea. You wait, know what year that was? Who? You know what year that was? Uh, no. 2007. Jesus. It's been 14 years since an since a restricted free agent changed teams on an offer sheet in the NHL. What that team is, to what team? I'm not remembering his career. It was the Ducks to the Oilers. Oh. Yes. All right. So well, what you're saying is in 2007, the Ducks knew that he was an asshole. <laughs> yes, correct. <laughs> Fair. Mm-hmm. We'll go with that. Yeah. How do you have the numbers in front of you? Do you know how much he? he uh, not in front of me. Um, I can make them in front of me if you. I'm like. super curious. What was yeah. the, all right? One the second. Draft takeaway. Okay. After winning the Stanley Cup, Penner's entry level contract expired. With the Ducks dealing with salary cap issues and the signing of Todd Bertuzzi, lol, the Edmonton Oilers general manager, Kevin Lowe, double lol, jumped at the opportunity and signed Penner to a five-year, $21.2 million offer sheet. And it was the offer sheet that Brian Burke famously said, if I ever run into Kevin Lowe in a barn, I will beat the shit out of him. (laughs) So 
Well, first of all, that was his EL, <laughs> that was his ELC expiring, and yes. he got wow. And did it where the I don't know where the draft rules the same for the uh, the amount of picks you had to give up because that's still it, only a first and a third, I think. Um, let's see. I, I don't know what the rules were back then. I don't know what is what, what it was back then, but that I can was imagine it's too much different from what it is now. Yeah, yeah like four, well, four million in two thousand. It was. Let's see that math comes. I'm out talking about, about as far as like the, the draft picks and stuff like that. Yeah, no, that's like, what I'm trying to figure that out. That's like, broken currency right now. Like that's, yeah, because the money is attached to the draft picks. Yeah. So I'm trying to figure out what the draft picks would be. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I, I'm, I'm not. I'm, we have like five minutes left in this particular meeting, so I'm not going to go searching for it. Yeah. Yeah. No, but it's still that's really interesting that he was the yeah. last one to switch and right out of an ELC too. It's just really unique. Uh, <laughs> and actually, that was Sebastian Ajo's situation as well. I think. Yeah. There's no way he's on his third contract. So that had to be right after his entry-level contract that they offer sheet from Montreal, which I I thought was a good move by Montreal. That ended up being a bargain. Yeah, I I love it. Bergevin signed him and Waddell was like, huh. Awesome. (laughs) And Ajo did no favors to anyone in that process because he was kind of like, well, I'll play wherever. And and obviously the Canes are like, shut the fuck up. You'll play for us. <laughs> what? You'll play wherever? Motherfucker, like, yeah. you are our team. Like, what are you doing? I'll play wherever. Did you mean Carolina? Yeah. You meant Carolina, right? 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 I love, I love that Carolina team so much. They're super fun to watch. I know, Thomas, your feelings on that. They're super fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, frustrating, too, though. They're like the Bruins where they'll possess for, like, 80% of the game and they can't put one in the net for some reason for a while. And you're like, what is happening right now? Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. We should probably uh, reset this and get into the next. Uh, yeah. Let's do that. Yeah. All right. Uh, all right. Hey, Thomas, you had a let's, question for us. Let's, let's get a little bit happier. Like this is, this is off season stuff. So let's, I want to try a little, a little something new. Okay. I'm going to give you guys each. 60 seconds and i'm gonna start spitballing some rapid questions at you may or may not have anything to do with the bruins these are not quiz questions these are literally just opinion questions it's like a literal short shift it's a little it's the shortest shift possible oh geez okay i'm ready i see you i see you who wants to go first Let's, uh, let's flip. Oh, it's point. one at a time. It's, it's one oh. at a time. I'm volunteering Ian to go first just to see. I, what the... I will go first. Oh, no. You ready? I guess. I don't know what to expect. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Starting the clock. You've got a friend who has never watched hockey but wants to get into it. Give me one Boston Bruin that they absolutely need to know about and why. Uh, Patrice Bergeron. He's the Saint Patrice. He's the ultimate human being, and he's just gorgeous and plays the game the right way. Fair, fair. Boston Bruins never existed. What team are you following and doing a low-quality YouTube show about? The Colorado Avalanche in 1993, the year I was born. They won, uh, obviously, Montreal won the Cup, and then Wah in 1995 put two fingers up. And by the time I was watching hockey in early 2000s, I was like, that guy is my dude, Colorado Avalanche. Let's pretend Cam Neely had so much fun with his appearance in Dumb and Dumber that he decided to audition for a 90s action movie. Who's he replacing and in what movie? Jesus. Uh, Keanu Reeves in The Matrix. Why? Uh, because that's the only <laughs> thing I can think of. <laughs> I think you misspelled Keanu Reeves in Speed. <laughs> You would try to fight the bus. <laughs> that was that was a five seconds shy of being sixty seconds. So we were, that was perfect. All right, great. Well done. 
Holy <laughs> shit. That was intense. Why was that so intense? <laughs> that was so good. Oh my God. Does he get all right. All right. He gets very similar, very similar questions. Very similar. We're right. just to fuck him up so he can't predetermine yeah, what his answer is. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. Andrew, you're up next, dude. You ready? I'm ready. Let's go. All right. You've got a friend who's never watched hockey before. Give me a non Bruin and why? A non Bruin to watch would be, oh, uh, shit. <laughs> Um, a non-Bruin, uh, Nikita Kucherov, tough, big, fast sniper, bit of a prick. He has everything that hockey fans want. One non-hockey athlete from any era you wish you could magically put into a Bruins uniform to play. Ooh, okay. Uh, one non-Bruin? Non, non-hockey athlete. Non-hockey. Oh, Troy Brown. Okay. Troy Brown. Great answer. Great answer. That guy would be a fucking blur. Yep. Probably play both sides of the ice, too. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Cam Neely, 90s action star. What movie? Speed. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, Speed. He'd fight the bus. The movie would be over in 25 minutes. <laughs> He'd fight the fucking bus. He'd fight the Love fucking it. bus. It'd be a pilot for an action series. <laughs> Can you imagine if he was in the fucking Matrix? He would just take the other pill and be like, I, I don't feel like dealing with this shit. <laughs> I don't, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a problem fixer for you. <laughs> oh, no. Well, you ran out of time in the middle of that, but I'll go ahead and give you that last question. Yeah, go ahead. The uh, Boston Bruins never existed. What team? Minnesota team Wild. Okay. Uh, you've, you've said that on the pod before, too. Yeah, That's Minnesota. A surprising answer to me. Yeah, yeah. well, well, um, I followed very intensely um, their second season when they made it to the conference finals. And I really liked how they played. So, Minnesota yeah. Wild. The last time you really liked how they played. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it, well, yeah. Be, well, actually, it was it was it was clutch and grab, Jacques Lemaire, boring hockey. But it was all it was it was. You know what it was? Close games every time, mm-hmm. and they won every close game. Andrew yeah. Burnett is the slowest skater I've ever seen in the modern era, but the guy could score. <laughs> boring Devils hockey. Now, yeah, I get you. I yeah, you. no, it was boring Devils hockey. Yeah, exactly. And just their second making the conference finals of their second year. That was exciting. You know, while we're talking about Minnesota, they got to be top five franchises that I just kind of feel bad for the fans. And not because they've been like dog shit for years, but because they're just stuck. I mean, they've been stuck forever. And Mm -hmm. Minnesota is such a hockey place, right? Like when you think about places hockey should thrive and a ton of players come out of there, man, you really, you really wish better for that franchise in general. Yeah. No, I mean like high school hockey there, college hockey. Huge turnouts. It's yeah, there's it's such a deep hockey community, and it almost feels like the letdown is okay. Our NHL team yeah. is trash, but yeah. you know what? Honestly, being a, a kid who grew up on the Hartford Whalers, the idea of losing a team and then somehow getting the team back—they're probably just fucking happy that there is an NHL team there. Yeah, and, and the know? team's doing well financially, as far as I know. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure they'll continue to, but yeah. I'd like to make the, see them make a, a car. I, I'd be cool with them winning a cup. But that's a team I have no ill will towards at all. Yeah, because it's not going to mean shit to us. Yeah, I really I mean, won't. That's, right. that's, um, it's an inconsequential team to us. beat us in the finals. And yeah. We'll, yeah. The only real connection that we have is Kirill Kaprizov was actually our draft pick. Yeah, but that was everyone missed on him. Everyone missed on him. And then it took years for him to get in the league. It's a KHL. Well, but no, but the pick that we traded to the Wild yeah. was the pick they used 
to draft Kaprizov. Yeah, but I, again, I don't even know if we would have picked him. That, those those kind of picks, I don't argue with in trades. We're like, well, that was actually a Bruins pick. I'm like, I have yeah. no clue if the Bruins I was being completely like facetious, Ian. <laughs> no, he's fired. Look, there up are now. people out there that will fully buy into that and yeah. have put it on Twitter, and you're just like, that is oh. literally why I said it. Yeah. What round was he taken in? Was it third round or something? Fifth. Fifth. Great. Yep. I got no yeah. clue with that. So yeah. Every every franchise passed him on. Or passed yeah. on him at least four passed times. on him four times. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. well, I mean, you could make that same argument. It's like, oh, well, we passed on Brady. It's like everybody passed on Brady for two days. Yeah. I'm like, let's calm down. No. Same, also, same type of argument. But, guys that you know are going to the KHL. It's tricky because you don't know how long they're gonna be there. No. Yeah, you might draft a guy and never see him. Yeah, that's why. That's why Don Sweeney never never drafts Russians because there's inherent risk involved. We don't except know for, except that's for the why. same. If, if we have like we one Russian in our system right now. We assume we don't know. That's why yeah. I don't. I can't tell you what Don Sweeney's thinking. I think I know, but let's be honest. None of us can really pinpoint how that guy's mind works. He's he's he might be a little distracted because there's a uh, there's porn on the internet. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, this is a great pod. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> That would have been that's that's such a that's such a great ending line. It's too bad we also have to say goodbye. <laughs> Never goodbye, Ian. It's just see you later. It is see you later. It absolutely is. I'm so glad we could do this tonight. This is so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. Go bees. Go bees. <laughs>